0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. So I watched, as many of you did, the debate on the high wire with Neil deGrasse Tyson and um, Del Bigtree, really kind of calling the whole process to the mat. Right? It was time to either put up or shut up. And I love uh, the the takedown that I think occurred there because Neil came in as this consensus-based scientist who's, uh, you know, about peer-reviewed studies from the Temple of Peer Review, right, and laid out his case. And, you know, he's in the right because the mob rules in science, apparently, according to this new model. And he failed to recognize the elephant in the room, and that is the, the corruption, the takeover of the science by these uh, pharmaceutical cartels and by these governments who are run by people, which he acknowledges, you know, they have flaws and we just need to look more carefully, but yet doesn't really seem to comprehend there's a revolving door that once these so-called regulators get done with their post in the government, they then go and get a seven-figure job, many of them, with these pharmaceutical cartels. And so there is this process. I mean, we just saw the Sackler, uh, the judge that over that looked over the whole OxyContin thing. You know, where they hooked a bunch of housewives and and um, unsuspecting suburbanites on opioids by lying to them and getting not just not just them lying to them, but training the doctors to lie on their behalf. And then you had this DEA that was apparently powerless to do anything about it remember the whole dr Cleggitt story and so th- th- that judge ended up getting a job with the law firm that represented the sackler family and of course the judge let the sackler family keep the nine billion dollars in loot that they got for lying and getting doctors to lie to push these deadly drugs that really i think in a lot of ways bridge the gap to be honest to fentanyl because that's what prohibitions do. They just further centralize and purify the product because it's easier to transport illegally in the black market. Same thing that happened with alcohol. That's how we got spirits. So, you know, this, this same process is going on, and there's another perfect example. He lets them keep the $9 billion. A few years later, he's working for the law firm that asked him to let him keep the $9 billion. What do you suppose his pay is? I bet it's pretty damn good, you know? But that's not a corrupted process. I mean, that's that's justice. That's how the system works. And that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson sort of, that's the foundation that he sits upon as I think he speaks from science. So I've cut up, a, we've got actually quite a few clips from the high wire because I think this is just such an important discussion to have. Uh, Let's just start here, I guess, with the first one.
1: The scientific truth is what you establish to be true.
0: So these are some clips in the early days of kind of over the years of him laying out, making his case.
1: Through experiment, observations, repeated, verified. And when that is done, it is true whether or not you believe in it. And if you're going to base laws and right. uh, on, on something that has to apply to everybody, it seems to me the objective truth should be your primary motive. Your hypothesis, you test it, I get a result. A rival of mine double checks it because they think I might be wrong. They perform an even better experiment than I did and they find out, hey, this experiment matches. Oh my gosh, we're onto something here. And out of this rises a new emergent truth. It does it better than anything else we have ever come up with as human beings.
0: Sounds good, right? If only it worked that way. Unfortunately, if it goes against the consensus, it gets ruthlessly attacked That is what science has demonstrated over and over and over again throughout the years.
1: This is science. It's not something to toy with. It's not something to say, I choose not to believe equals MC squared. You don't have that option. When you have an established scientific emergent truth, it is true whether or not you believe in it. And the sooner you understand that, the faster we can get on with the political conversations about how to solve the problems that face us.
0: And of course, as soon as you can acknowledge, Neil, that the data established for that consensus that 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 groupthink is looking at to determine that, well, this is the consensus, is put out by an organization that's been compromised. That maybe they have a stake in the game here I mean, the NIH, what did they get? $400 million from Pfizer? That's a lot of money to hand out to folks. That could could get you some nice kickbacks. Of course, none of that's happening. No.
1: Intuition, you want to rely on rather than a pure statistic. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So here he's kind of explaining and laying out his case for why humans are really irrational beings and why science is is the unsoiled empirical truth okay because you know we're we're very emotional and we get attached to seeing things like sudden deaths right and this is kind of what i learned over the last week i've been arguing quite a bit with some of the the pro-vaccine crowd uh that uh you know they want to they want to exist, kind of, in this box of, this is the truth. Hold on, let me just play a little bit more,
1: and that gets us into trouble, right? Because our feelings matter so much to us, right? And in the face of raw statistical data, it's so easy to say, "I'm go with my feelings," right? Because I I trust my feelings on this.
0: So this pro-vaccine crowd able to gather my thoughts there. They come at you with this holier-than-thou attitude, and this is what it's based on. It's based on this, this sort of arrogance that, oh, you're just acting emotionally because you haven't looked at the data. The, and the, what is the only data that you're allowed to look at? Well, anything that comes out of the temple of peer review because it is you know this soiled, unho- unsoiled, one true truth the scientific process. And like, I'm standing here on the ground, looking up at them at the top of their temple of peer review saying, Hey guys, uh, the the foundation is, is eroded away here. There's some termite damage. I, I don't think the thing's structurally sound. You should, you should come down and take a look at this. And they're like, what are you talking about? Sam, the view is great from up here. Come on up and look. And I'm like, no, I'm not going up there because you've got structural problems down here. And that's the elephant in the room that they don't want to acknowledge. And I think this sort of, it's, it's this attitude that he's expressing here that prevents them from being able to sort of step into that paradigm in the first place. Are you for scientific truth: oh, Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. The scientific truth is what that faces. Your intuition, you want to rely on rather than a pure statistic. Mm -hmm. And that gets us into trouble because our feelings matter so much to us. And in the face of raw statistical data, it's so easy to say, I'm going with my feelings because I I trust my feelings on this. And it's very hard to trust dispassionate data when that happens. (laughs) There is an entire industry within us in, in, in society, right. that has arisen to exploit your inability right. to think statistically, and it's called casinos. You have people rolling dice, and they'll, they'll throw the dice harder to try to get a bigger number. Right. <laughs> or they're in the roulette table, and, and why are you betting on seven continually? Well, it's due. Mm-hmm. So how do you know it's due? Right. And the roulette table shows you the previous um, ten rolls or so, right. and it's not there. And I say, no, it's not due. <laughs> it's the same likelihood. Right. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's foundational yeah. to all to so much of the intersection of science with the public.
0: Now, when he says foundational, what he's actually saying there is that is the box within uh, that science exists within, because that's what science is. It is a box that you step into. Now, it's a it's a great box. It's filled with a lot of wonderful tools that can help you answer a lot of questions about what's happening in the box, but at the same time, it requires that you disavow anything that exists outside the box. Accepted consensus science, right? If it can't be measured, if they haven't figured out how to measure it, then therefore it doesn't exist. And that is the sort of the blindsidedness of, science there are people who live in the box calling themselves scientists and think that the box is all there is and what i'm pointing out is i'm going to probably take us off the reservation here a little bit um there are things that exist outside the box like the random number generator remember that's just been running for years and then right around nine eleven, it starts not being random it starts being one 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 or zero 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 a bunch in a row right around the event and it's like maybe guys our collective consciousness can somehow sort of manipulate the reality and the way i think of it is is like this um flashcards. you know you flip up a flash card those are frames just like you would in the video that you're watching now i'm sending out 30 frames a second movies are 24 they used to be Live sports are now 60 frames a second, so it looks really crisp and really good. Well, reality runs at billions of frames per second that are bridging these moments, letting us experience moving through time, through the time dimension when really all there is is the now. And in this, with each of these cards, that's the next fraction, you know, trillionth of a second, whatever it is. And each one of those moves you from one reality to the next, to the next, to the next. And I think that we kind of, as individuals, we have the ability to choose which card comes up next. Do you want this card or do you want that one or this one over here? And that is what our thoughts are. They are guiding us and directing us through these potential flashcards popping up all the time, leading us to one reality or another. And it's up to each of us to choose individually and also collectively. And see, if you accept that science is all there is, that this box that we're sitting in is all that exists and there's nothing outside the box, because science would be able to see it and measure it and acknowledge it, right? But that's not even remotely the case because there are things that exist outside the science. And what science is effectively doing with that kind of a model is it's limiting the choices in front of you, speaking in terms of those cards of what realities are possible, what possible paths we have to go down as a society as well as you have to go down as an individual. And what I'm saying is maybe it's not just the box here that is science, which is you know a very useful tool, but maybe if we open our mind collectively, more choices start to emerge and we start to break the laws of science. I mean, he's going to go through, some gambling he's doing this casino thing let me actually play a little that
1: bit. it leaves us vulnerable in a way mm-hmm. okay i don't mind putting a person forward if, if they're communicating accurate statistics yeah but it leaves the the door open for abuse of this our brain wire
0: and by abuse he means anything that fits outside of the box but the reality is you know i think these ancient cultures and so forth that are out there, they told us how to uh, basically expand the frames of possibility lying in front of us in every moment, and that, that those lessons are encoded in sacred geometry. There's the uh, Flower of Life, Metatron's Cube, uh, Bashar exercise, where you kind of trace your way around. It's a, it's a flat 2D image, right? But if you trace your eyes around in a certain method, it will appear as a three dimensional square. That's the whole kind of cool thing about the flower of life. And what he has you do in this exercise is sit there and trace around from the outside, the back top back corner, down around to the inside corner, sit there for a minute, dwell on it, and then go back out and see it as 2D, 3D, 2D, 3D, 2D, 3D. What is that doing? that is exercising the part of your brain that allows you to perceive more. And by more, I'm talking about things that exist outside the box that is science that are going to let you, as those frames are popping in, popping in, of reality, of potential, of ways to change you, change your life, change the universe that we exist in, exercising that muscle is the way to get new cards that maybe let you go into the casino and you know, he's given some examples about uh, a bunch of um, uh, scientists went and did a conference in LA and it was like, or in uh, Las Vegas and it was the worst take for the casino because none of them played because they understand the odds. Well, what if exercising that muscle allows you to choose a card where it is red on the next spin, It is 31 on the next spin. You know, I was at a a, um, college casino night where we were playing with funny money and I just had the strongest urge to take the the one $5,000 chip that I had and put it on 31. And I didn't do it, but I sat there and watched the wheel spin and the number that comes up, 31. It's like, how does that happen? What are the odds that I'm just going to get this irresistible urge to put the chip on 31 and then it lands on that in the very next spin on that exact table. I'd say pretty high, but I think that's, that was higher self trying to teach this lesson. Because, you know, once, once uh, th- this is what I'm talking about, humanity might actually be able to evolve beyond what science currently understands. It's not saying that it's going to invalidate science in any way. But what I am saying is, it might expand the possibility, it will expand the possibilities for science. And it might be that casinos cease to exist because people can just go in and choose which card pops up in front of them next because they've exercised that 2D to 3D muscle, that same one that goes from 3D to 4D, that lets you sit outside to some degree and choose the path that you go, that you travel through the infinite possibility, okay? And science is telling you, oh, that's nonsense. None of that exists. Here's the box. Make sure you stay inside the box. If you get outside the box, you're one of these crazy people that's acting emotionally. You see? Okay, let's go back.
1: does not lend itself to embrace or absorb statistics. The...
0: Oh, sorry. I just see. Sorry, didn't realize that. Quit the spaces just died. Lovely. Once again, it's asking me what. What happened? Uh, yeah, you just killed my spaces, Chad. Thank you. Twitter. Once again. Oh boy. Yeah, I may not have spaces this time. <laughs> I'll see if I can get it going here in a minute. All right. Let's keep going. Are you for scientific debate? So, in a scientific debate.
1: Here's how that unfolds. We start having the conversation. Well, what about these data? Well, What about these data? I think those data are flawed, and here's why. Well, how about this? Yes, that's a debate. But you know how that debate ends? It depends where, you know, we need this new data set to resolve this difference. Now let's go have a beer. (laughs) I have never
0: seen that happen in a political debate. And what I've never seen happen in one of these debates with these Vaccine pushers is them being willing to come down from that temple and look at the structural rot. Look at the corruption. Look at the graft. Look at the results, honestly. They, they won't do it because they've relied on it. They've staked their reputations on it. We love to be right as humans. And they don't want to think that they were wrong not only were they wrong but they told a lot of people to go and do something that was wrong and potentially harmed them that's what you have to like recognize these people are up against this is why there's such strong opposition and what we don't what we have is not scientific debate it is the pushing around of propaganda and these guys don't even recognize that the institutions that they're relying on have been corrupted.
1: This is all, that's accurate. Okay. Though it be off the internet, it's accurate. Okay, very good. Uh, But I can, I will simplify that. Okay. The scientific method is do whatever it takes to not be fooled that something is true that is not or that something is not true that is. Did I say that right? (laughs) I I get what you're saying Do whatever it takes Does it it mean Get a chart recorder Uh,
2: Get a a friend To
1: verify Unearth it
2: In any way possible Any way
1: possible Yes Okay I don't care what it is Yep You don't want to be fooled Into thinking something is true That isn't Or something is not true That is Period Right And that sequence Is the unpacking Of that sentence I just uttered to you To try to systematize That process Given the History of success of science and the methods and tools yeah. that enable it. It is in your interest
0: to be in the box to
1: trust any emergent, it's
0: much more comfortable scientific in the consensus.
1: And a consensus. Unfortunately, we don't have a different word to use there, so I'm stuck with that. Normally, when you hear the word consensus, people just offer their opinions, and you get the average, or that you get the democratic, the majority of opinions. Right. A scientific consensus is not about opinions. It's about results, published, peer-reviewed, published results of experiments. And we speak of that.
0: Of course, those peer-reviewed, published results, you know, like the studies they did for the trial, what do we know about them? Well, uh, one of the ladies doing the shots into arms, her previous job was at a taco restaurant. The executives of the CRO that were running one of the Pfizer trials, this is all from Brooke Jackson, had him and his family enroll in the trial. Now, did they break the blinding of the trial? Are there conflicts of interest that the people who are running the trial are participating in it and collecting additional money because they're getting paid by the headcount? Were they unblinded? Did they make sure they get got the shot or got the saline? Because that invalidates the study, just like cold chain storage invalidated the study because they didn't follow those procedures either. And then there's all sorts of other problems. I mean, remember the whole uh, shipping nasal swabs from South America to the central lab in New York at Pfizer so that they could do the official testing? And of course, we had this you know percentage that showed the benefit. Well, it turns out a lot of those local tests of the unvaccinated that got swabbed, those got lost but don't worry the ones that went halfway around the world up to New York that Pfizer tested, they determined that those were positive and it just happened to be enough to make the difference in the study as Jicky pointed out, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about the guy who died four days after getting the shot. Of course he was found dead and cold. They don't know how long he'd been there. So probably died two days after getting the shot. He goes to the corner Ruled natural death. Was the coroner informed that this guy had taken part in an experimental gene therapy? No, he wasn't. Did Pfizer do anything other than write it off as a natural cause? That's exactly what they did. Remember the study, um, oh, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated about getting into car accidents and so forth, and what did they do? Well, if the person was found dead on scene then we ruled it not COVID-related, not vaccine-related. Of course, I just got a direct message from a friend down in Australia, had a buddy of his, crashed his car, and died. Of course, then he gets the details. Crashed his car, suffered minor injuries, was taken to the hospital, had a heart attack, and died. And, yeah, he's vaccinated. So once again, these are the kinds of scientific facts, peer-reviewed truths and facts that these guys are relying on. And I'm sitting there standing at the bottom of the temple of peer review saying it's rotten, there's termites, it's structurally unsound. Get down from there and all they can say is, but Sam, look at the view. It's amazing to me, just amazing okay let's keep going
1: consensus of those experiments mm-hmm. if they lean in one direction it is in your interest to you lean with that direction correct
0: in the- then you won't you know like get your hospital privileges canceled get fired from your job uh have your professional accreditations deleted one by one lose your license to practice medicine and then sit there with six-figure college debt that you can't pay off does that sway people? What do you think, Mr. Tyson?
1: I think for some of those quotes, I said, trust the scientist. Yeah. Yes, if the scientist is representing a consensus. If.
0: A consensus funded, brought to you by Pfizer.
1: They're isolated.
0: Brought to you by the NIH, profiting $400 million off of these shots that they're pushing and mandating but it's totally independent, and they are the unsoiled truth.
2: It's like, what's going on here? Historically, Galileo breaks the system. Newton breaks the system. Well, Galileo birthed the the system, okay? Okay. So,
1: yeah, he broke something that was not established through scientific scientific inquiry. So we can't...
0: So there was an emotional thing going on that's definitely not present in today's science is what he's saying there. Now we are objective, fact-based. We have the scientific method, and we stick to that, and it is infallible.
1: Start with Galileo and move on, okay? So so we have a consensus. What I'm telling you is there are people working on the edges of that consensus, mm-hmm. and people say, oh, that's a new thing. We can add to this, all right? right. And if it's successful, it immediately gets absorbed.
2: Right.
0: Okay, sorry. I was fixing uh, Twitter spaces over here, tweeting that out. Okay, so yeah, it does get immediately absorbed if it fits the narrative. If it doesn't, it gets immediately and ruthlessly attacked. And not only that, in the latest iteration here, the people pushing anything that's counter that runs counter narrative are getting silenced and deplatformed and shut out of the process of the discussion, right? I mean, look at the lab leak theory. Fauci's got multiple emails. I, I actually, I did a, a show with uh, Kevin McCarran on his, the, the raccoon commander. And we had you know, like four hour discussion on all of this, this topic of the history of these biowarfare programs and how this thing developed and how the industry really kind of molded around it. Um, it's, it's fascinating. We can go into it later, but I don't want to distract too much here. Um he laid out really how this how deep seated um what's happening ha- has has its roots in the military, in biodefense, in, in bioweapons development that actually, you know, came out as well, they're they're developing bioweapons and that kind of got some bad press. So then they came out with a declaration that we're definitely not gonna do that unless it's for defense. So then they just went in and changed all the words that said offense to defense. And they're doing, they've been doing exactly the same thing. And very much the, the vaccine injury, I'm sorry, the vaccine industry that has developed around that has developed with those principles in mind. And this is one of Kevin's like big messages. And I actually apologize. I spent a couple hours editing it and then actually lost all of, these clips reverted to a saved copy and I lost all of Kevin's edits. So I've got to go back and do that again. But it was, it was a really eye opening discussion for me to kind of see how uh, the, the, the whole, yeah, just bioweapons development and and the U S military has been driving so much of what the flu. It's like, the two have gotten into bed and we don't even recognize it in a lot of ways. And, and there's also, there was another guy, Nick that did a spaces that I jumped in on and he walked through the history of HIV. And his hypothesis is that because they were using primates to do a lot of these vaccine studies, that this may have been where HIV came from, from all of this sort of experimentation and so forth. And, uh, putting that into vaccines and then mass injecting people that might've be, that might be what triggered some of this, these conditions that we see as HIV. So it's just a, it's a pretty dark road to go down, but that's what we did. And um, yeah. So let me just leave it there and we'll go on to the next clip
2: analysis and flagrant conflicts of interest together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance, science has taken a turn towards darkness again another where, where, another where, where, editor where, let me I, just let me go, read the three go. and then we'll hit it
0: so that was one of the like uh, d- two decade um, lancet journal editors that was making those comments about how this whole process has been corrupted by these pharmaceutical companies you can't trust what's in these journals anymore like what is the point really
2: Mm-hmm. Dr. Richard Smith, just to give the body of the, the concern here, uh, BMJ, uh, scientific peer reviews are a sacred cow. This is what he has to say. He says Richard Smith, who edited the British Medical Journal for more than a decade, said there was no evidence that peer review was a good method of detecting errors and claimed that most of what is published in journals is just plain wrong or nonsense. And lastly, another editor, um, Marcia Engel, uh, and she's from New England Journal of Medicine, she had this to say about the same issue. It is simply no longer possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published or to rely on the judgment of trusted physicians or authoritative medical guidelines. I take no pleasure in this conclusion, which I reached slowly and reluctantly over my two decades as an editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. We're talking about medicine and science. This is a science that actually affects the human body. right? It has. And we are looking at. When you say the consensus, many of these statements, more than 50 percent, I know you've seen a lot of the studies by universities saying we can't recreate this science and make it happen again in more than 50 percent of what we have signed off on was true. And so that no, begs not, the question. Not sign it was true, just to be clear, a published
1: research paper is not in and of itself the truth. Okay. It is the results of an experiment, any one of which can have either intentional bias or inadvertent bias or some other kind of glitch that happened that they didn't even know about.
0: Or funding bias, which is what he seems, you know, it's the elephant in the room that he's not talking about. Or uh, consensus bias because who wants to go against the consensus? We're gonna think within that framework and try and make the data fit into that framework, which is exactly what Dell is gonna get into here later.
1: By the way, one of those quotes is speaking as though it's a new fact, but it's an old fact. So the 50%. Half or more of all freshly published papers will ultimately shown to be wrong. You can go back to the journals and you see, uh, I've got an idea, I do this, and they test, no. That didn't pan out. Right. Th- that, so that's not a new fact. Right. That's an old fact. And that is the very nature of the moving frontier. It is bloody. It, it, I don't want to call it ugly because we already know that's what it's supposed to be. It's, it, it's beautiful in that yeah. it's contested the way it is.
2: Yes. That's, that's the process. Layers inside of regulatory...
0: <laughs> Except the process is not working because the process is relying on fundamentally flawed data by an organization that also pushed the mandates, that forced these shots into people's arms. And now people are getting hurt, and those people are trying to cover their tracks because they realized what they had done around twenty, early 2022.
2: Agencies. Is it possible, is it just possible that the consensus could be... Not oh, moving in, no in an doubt. incorrect direction or with a few incorrect assumptions. There's
1: a deeper issue than what those three quotes okay. communicate here. There's yeah. a deeper issue. Is funding agencies that fund science, if I say uh, 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 Betty Lou and Johnny Smith got this result, I want to duplicate their experiment, there's hardly any money for that. right. And that's the big, problem. that's the bigger problem Agreed. than anything. Those
2: three quotes getting funding said. to challenge to cha- the giant system to,
1: to challenge right. no, to challenge a result that everyone is kind of buying into. Yeah. And so yeah. the verification part of that loop uh, is in danger. You know, so, so in, in, in the system. In that danger, we
0: for, uh, let's um, let's go with completely broken. Completely broken
1: let's back up a hundred and how many 50 years? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So uh, 1863, whenever, how long ago that was, uh, Abraham Lincoln, who clearly had other issues on his plate in 1863,
0: he's, you know, throwing journalists in jail because they supported the South without charges, without trial, just keeping them there. Suspending the, the Constitution, issues like that.
1: Signed into law the creation of the National Academy.
0: Same laws that he violated himself.
1: Of Sciences. Conceived to be independent of government agencies, yet responding to their requests.
0: While also getting funded by them and the people who are paying them <clears throat> the fees and offering them jobs after they're done
1: to produce to produce
0: research that
1: may serve the interest of the nation Mm
0: -hmm. and definitely not them and their future careers because that never has ever corrupted the process or maybe you know just to cover up the horror show that their policies have created so that they can get away with mass murder because that's what we're talking about here. These shots have gone horribly wrong. Neil deGrasse Tyson is completely oblivious to this because he's only listening to the people who were complicit in what's been done to to humanity here. And he's going to pretend like everybody else, oh, those crazy people outside the box of science? They don't know what they're talking about. We don't even need to listen to them. The structure is fine. I'm standing on it. (laughs) I'm standing on the temple of peer review. Therefore, it is sound.
1: Our health, our wealth, our security. Right. Okay. Other agencies have come up since then. Of course, the National Institutes of Health. the um, And so, but let me specifically speak to the National Academy of Sciences other than a sort of a foray into eugenics, like I said, this was a very big thing in its day. Yeah. By and large, when they publish a, a, a paper, it's some of the best scientists who were elected to, that, to those positions analyzing <laughs> research to give you the best available data at the time. Is, okay. there,
2: is, there, is it wrong to assume some level of, of objectivity in those spaces that they, if they're government agencies or signed in by Abraham Lincoln or the yes. NIH yes, that, that they're keeping themselves apart from the, the funded you know, entities, pharmaceutical or you know sciences, that, that we trust these agencies because they keep themselves out they, of
1: the loop? They are comprised primarily of independent scientific researchers, typically in universities. Right. So, so,
0: oh boy, yeah. The universities, the universities where the people there, you know, like in Minnesota, where you've got a half dozen that are making more than a half a million dollars a year in salary. Why? Well, because the government guaranteed loans for everybody. So they bankroll the program and they support the big banks by not letting the debts be discharged by bankruptcy. You know, if you got a shit degree. Maybe, and then you can't get a job and you can't pay back the loan. Uh, Yeah. Maybe a a, a proper market signal would be that you default on that loan and you don't pay it back and you declare bankruptcy and the bank that invested in that loses money. And they, you know what, they go back to the school and they say, yeah, that art history major, we're not going to fund any more of those. We're not going to do loans for any of those, but this is a government guaranteed program, right? So, these professors that are supposed to that he's holding up as the highest truth these unsoiled i mean sure they could have some biases but they're definitely not biased all in the same direction here by the system that pays them these high six-figure salaries and they can be totally counted on to give the public the unvarnished truth i mean this is just such nonsense right that whole system exists because of those government guarantees it has been corrupted this is why college tuition has grown you know way out of line way out of line with clothing with fuel inflation all these other inflations colleges are just going off the charts and it's gotten so ridiculous that now you have the supreme court subsidizing the universities, the salaries, those six figure salaries that they're pl- paying to all those professors, as well as the big banks by giving this six by ordering six billion dollars in college uh, student loan forgiveness. Those are subsidies now because the system they can't just keep demanding more and more money like they have been for college because the whole thing's falling apart. So now they're just subsidizing it on the back end to keep the scam going and keep keep everything growing. We're gonna need another 20% next year, guys. Cost of college is going up. As they brainwash you in their schools, you gotta go to college, You gotta go to college, You gotta go to college, what does that do? It gives you six-figure debt so that when you're a doctor out working for a hospital and they threaten to fire you, if you don't shut the fuck up about the vaccines that are 100% safe and effective even for pregnant women despite no testing on pregnant women, You do it because you won't have any chance in hell of paying back that student debt. You can't discharge it in bankruptcy, and if you haven't paid it back, they will fucking take it out of your social security. But that doesn't corrupt the process at all. It's not biasing anything, according to Neil.
1: The way you have to say this is, is it completely free of any possible bias? Probably not, mm-hmm. but is there any other agency that's less biased? I would say, no, there isn't, based on my read of the landscape. Okay. So once a-
0: And I would say he is 100% incorrect. Self-organizing collectives are the answer here. A decentralized system, the kind we've seen from uh, Kevin McKernan, if I'm saying it right, who has been doing the whole plasmid circular DNA research. What does he do? Here's my methods here's how I'm determining that there's DNA, here's some of the further tests that we need to do. What do other scientists do? They read that and they go and duplicate the tests using a different method, and they come up and you know the tools and, and equipment that they have available in their lab, and they come up with a very similar result. Confirming, this is, you know, it's the same thing, but it's just without the temple of peer reviewed, of, of peer review, where these professors, who have a very very strong they can't get that kind of, they can't get half a million dollars a year at a lot of other places folks so they are very well invested in keeping that paradigm going they will bend over backwards with facts and data to to reinforce that that paradigm that supports their way of life and neils oblivious to this
1: again It's where you're going to lean when it's time to make a decision that affects your health, your wealth, or your security.
0: Yeah. I'm going to lean on the side that empowers the individual to make those decisions, to look at all the evidence available. I'm going to lean towards the system that declares their biases, that does things in an open and transparent manner, like what I've seen from Kevin, both Kevins. (laughs) And, uh, you know is cross-checked by other people by other experts this is this is what the ethical skeptic is doing this is what um you know a lot of people in this space are doing there's probably about 20 or 30 true people actually doing the research right now to counter the narrative that's being jammed down our throats those are the ones i want to trust
2: which I made a film Vaxxed, right? And Vaxxed, and I will say this, people say Vaxxed proves that the MMR vaccine causes autism. That's what puts me in this space. I have never made that statement. What I have said is that Vaxxed proves that we have a whistleblower inside the CDC that is giving us 10,000 documents he said he was asked to destroy and that the we know that the study plan changed After there was already the protocol was set, which in some cases should be considered scientific fraud. If you change mid study and start kicking half of the, 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 the cohorts or the people in the study off the study to get a different result, and you have an inside scientist saying, I was there in the room.
0: No doubt about it, that's fraud. That's absolute scientific fraud. These people have been engaged in it for decades all right and it's just now coming to light because it is getting so corrupt and they tried to push it out with this shot to everybody and they went too far it got so bad it's not working that it's waking everybody up to reality
2: we were trying to get a different result to the study what i have said is vax proves that whatever these scientists saw made them Push the limits of potential scientific fraud. That's all that I've ever been able to prove, because we really lack a huge body of science in this He does
0: space. not like hearing this body language. But I want to, use, you know,
2: just what seems clear is you must, you know, think it's important. And and I want to ask you just directly, you must feel that a statement questioning the safety of the MMR vaccine in this case, which it seems measles. I haven't seen the documentary because it's unavailable. We've asked for well, It's not out remember. yet. It's not we, we later, haven't later this year. It, it's but is it around. fair it's to still say... still being edited and still Is it being fair to on? say you think it's dangerous to challenge the safety of the MMR vaccine because the damage that that challenge could do to humanity? Is that is is, is that a fair... If I was going to make a statement I, for I, you?
1: I, I, don't, I, I don't... have. Sufficient medical background <laughs> okay. to speak with authority on Back-tracking. This. what I can I can say more generally yeah. is I recognize the data on vaccines broadly and how many lives it has saved, yeah. they have saved over the centuries, uh, more specifically recent decades. Mm-hmm. And so
0: once again, he's relying on fixed rigged data. From people who are compromised, who have an agenda that benefits themselves, and they will sell you down the river, bend the rules, look the other way here and there. It's just a little minor thing. And here we are. Here we are with this lie that, you know, all this stuff works and it clearly doesn't.
1: So, and that, from what I can see, represents consensus research Mm -hmm. in the medical community
0: in a medical community where the government has a monopoly on the practice of medicine on who's allowed to practice medicine and who's not in a system where the doctors are held hostage by crippling college debt which they cannot uh, discharge with bankruptcy in a hospital system that follows the CDC guidelines and fires any doctors who don't go along? I mean, look at what Mary Talley Bowden uncovered from Houston Methodist. You know what they made from the whole coronavirus thing? $150 million, just a little shy of $150 million. What, you think they're not going to fire a few doctors that don't go along to make that? Of course they will.
1: So when I communicate this to the yeah. to the, yeah. the director,
0: so I should probably explain. Um, there is a uh, basically a hit piece coming out that has interviewed Fauci and Collins and you know some of the other pro vaccine crowd, and they are putting Dell in as kind of the Alex Jones as the big bad guy of the vaccines because why well vaccination rates across the board are dropping. People have lost faith in the medical community and these doctors and because of what they've seen from these lockdowns, because they've been told lie after lie after lie. And they're like, you know what? I think maybe y'all are lying about everything. And I don't know that I want to get my kids all of these hundred plus shots that you now recommend. (laughs) And so what are they doing? Well, they're coming out with a hit piece to demonize Dell and and, you know, sing the pro-vaccine narrative, and he's part of it. And Dell is here basically saying, "Look, these are the facts. Why didn't they even ask to interview me?
1: The film director. Yeah. Um, are you going to say that the body of videos of you speaking publicly and passionately about what you are sure is true? that that is insufficient to communicate it would be insufficient if
2: it isn't providing the science with which I reference and the data that mm-hmm. I reference. You talk about data. Oh, by the way, other people
1: like sat down right, for interviews because okay. we don't have reams of footage of them speaking with huge in huge rooms of people. You have the charisma and the platform I and I it, And
2: look, if I see the graphs and I see the articles and I see my statements about Horton saying things like, you know, we can't trust the peer-reviewed science around things and the, and the point that I'm making. And also the point being this, that... I think this is being misunderstood in some ways, because though there is a consensus of science, there's a consensus of science around the fact that penicillin has been a life-saving product for the world. But can I be safe to say that you wouldn't mandate that everyone that gets an infection get penicillin? I'll run through some stats for you, because I don't think the whole story is being...
0: Which is a perfect example, right? Because penicillin harms some people. It's a great drug, go ahead and let people use it because it helps most people, but I'm one of the people that's allergic to it. I got a rash when I uh, got it as a kid. So mandating and then forcing people, or and this is the thing, Dell sort of conflates, um, forcing with coercing. And people were coerced, they were not forced. You could quit the military, you could quit your job not an easy choice, not an easy road to go down. In the military's case, they treat you like a felon, don't let you own guns or vote, I think, even. So, <laughs> anyway, okay, so then they get into this measles outbreak that happened at Disneyland. There's a study here, and Dell's pointing out here's the data, here's what I want your film to address. Not the public, what they're going to do is go and capture those sensational comments that he makes in front of crowds and portray that without his data. And what he's pointing out is if you're really about getting the answers, getting to the bottom of this, here's the data I want your producer to include. If you're going to talk about me, talk about the data that goes along that backs up what I say.
2: This is right from the California uh, CDPH. I just want to point out what they know about this when we look at it. When we look at the age distribution and hospitalization status of California measles outbreak cases, this is what we know that 53% of those were adults. Now, the film states even in the trailer and in the Hollywood Reporter that somehow I am causing these outbreaks, or I'm a great part in our philosophy is, but if it's 50% adults, at the very least you have to say, I've only been here a few years. I didn't make these adults not vaccinate. But when we go deeper into the data, what we find out is many of them were vaccinated. You know, when we look at this, we know that 31% were actually vaccinated. But there's an additional uh, 38% that they were unknown. And they all claimed, 20 of them claimed 20%, I mean, half of them complained you know, claimed to be vaccinated and the other ones weren't sure. We had to assume in that age group, they probably were. So we had about a 50% vaccine failure, which is to your point, the vaccine isn't doing the job we thought, which is lasting for life. And then lastly, uh, when we look at it, when we look at what strains were out there, 30% of the cases in California were being caused by the vaccine itself, vaccine strain. Yet all of the news is that the anti-vaccines, the unvaccinated babies are the reason this outbreak is happening. I can tell you right there that is just simply not true. That you have vaccine failure is a huge part. You have the, the virus being caused by the vaccine is a huge part. Now, I'm not saying that they should be blamed more. But what I'm saying is the entire conversation is not being held in public. And as you've pointed out, this other but perspective is that, a funding. published
1: paper. Right? That's published by so what do you mean, mean it's not department? happening in public? What do you
2: mean? I would just say that 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 part of it isn't being stated in this documentary. That part of it isn't being stated by the news. It's not getting the headlines. What's getting the headlines is the the smaller group of the unvaccinated individuals because that gets hype. That sells headlines, to your point. But it doesn't actually represent the overall problem that if we all sat at the table is a much more complex issue we should be discussing. Instead of lopping it all on, it's the unvaccinated children that cause the problem. No, actually, the biggest problem in the vaccine program is the way
0: of vaccine immunity and 100 correct and i want to i mean he's talking about the studies coming out and he's like well what's wrong that was done in the public that was published well then he, he's neil you're totally failing to recognize that brought to you by pfizer is funding the mainstream media that then goes out and disseminates the information To the tune of $2.3 billion a year. And that that money is driving influence in the way that they report the news. Because if they pulled it, people are getting fired. And that editor and, and senior executive that got the phone call from the Pfizer marketing department about potentially not being able to renew our commitment for next year of $600 million CNN. Well, they want to keep their job too. So they go off and run with whatever narrative they're given. Give us, give us uh, stories about uh, strange ways that people have heart attacks. So then what do we get? All kinds of, oh, uh, skipping breakfast, uh, sleeping late, sleeping too much, not sleeping enough, getting scared, uh, storms can cause heart attack. All of these things cause heart attacks all of a sudden. And it's because they were trying to normalize it. So you have a main, you have, it's It's more than one component here. And what did we find in the uh, the UK data? I forget what it was, but there, there was, they were claiming, they were using the data to claim something that supported their narrative. And then when it turned, then all of a sudden it couldn't be used to calculate that but they still wanted to keep their old claim that it was safe and effective when the reality was the data was showing you take these shots you're more likely to get covid more likely to get sick and die they're not working and of course the elephant in the room that they want to exclude from all of this is the non-covid deaths the excess natural cause deaths the heart attacks the strokes the um rare cancers, the sudden deaths, sudden adult deaths that we're seeing, that's the elephant in the room that they wanna desperately pretend like is disconnected.
2: And that is something that the public through coronavirus are only now recognizing in a propaganda space, as I would say, that vaccines are safe and effective and they always work. Is falling short of actually letting the public know that there are real issues inside of this vaccine program. All finish. I do, mm-hmm. all I do, is try and bring balance to this world to say there is a paragraph that is missing from this conversation. That is all I'm doing. As I am standing up for science and saying I'm not making stuff up. I'm not emotionally getting into something. I am stating what are the known the, that is the data that's being left out of these simplistic statements that vaccines are safe and effective. Actually, yes they're safe for most potentially but there's this group that no one wants to talk about that are really suffering can't get any funding to the look at what they do injured. because we have government agencies we have a, a, a you know an agenda to make sure that everyone's inspired to take this product that works against admitting we have a problem because they're so afraid it's going to undermine the uptake of what is you know could be considered a very important you know world measure and
0: Whoops. And then I want to point you to this right here. This is from Ian Copeland. Now he's a colonel in the United States Army, or at least was at some point. We think that he probably still is. And he's here pushing propaganda, talking about a 200% increase in the biweekly change in confirmed COVID-19 cases in India. Because of course, India was one of the success stories, took ivermectin, uh, the thing just basically died and went away. They stopped giving out ivermectin for a while, it came back, they started giving it again, it disappeared again. So India was a huge success story for ivermectin because the system embraced it and used it and it was an effective treatment which would disbar it from being an emergency use the COVID vaccines from being emergency use because you can't have effective treatments. That's the only way they can grant the emergency, which is why they denied all this stuff in the first place. Well, here he is posting a graph and you can see, Oh, look right here. There's this troubling line of, of cases going up and it's past the two previous spikes. Now there's this big one right here from, from the initial COVID outbreak. Of course, that's until you actually zoom out, which is what I did right there. And you can see it's barely a little blip on the radar across the history of COVID. So he's literally, for those of you that have seen this right here, that's what he's doing. It's, it's showing a guy running from somebody that's swinging a knife at him and the TV camera zoomed in to make it look like the reverse is happening. And this guy's probably a paid asset to sit there and sow diss- dissent and to relentlessly mock anyone that goes against the narrative. That's the other thing that you have going on, is this psychological warfare operation to shame anybody that wants to challenge the consensus, because it's the consensus. It's what Fauci engaged in. With these scientists, we've got the emails where they're talking about, we've got to get them, we've got to knock this down. They are corrupt and manipulative liars and mass murderers and now they're trying to get away with it are you going to let them
2: i am trying to figure out how we help this outlying group that keeps getting ignored so
1: what you do you talk
2: to the, you are
1: a media force unto yourself yes. but you could talk to the media and say when you report that something is safe, give the statistics for that every time you utter that sentence.
2: I have. Most, most, the media, most of the media, and I'm going to assume this documentary I'm in, will not put the stats that I just stated, will not put in themselves my, the, the stats I want to see there because it has a bias. So we're living in a world that has a bias. It wants to show that the measles vaccine is great, which arguably may be, but not for some Maybe. people. Not for some but, people. But you said maybe. I, it is, except no. for some people,
1: rather than maybe. That, that's a bias in the very I, structure I, I, of your se-
0: Not when you took, take in the true long-term, the full impact that these are having. And the way you get there is by comparing vaccinated to unvaccinated. And we have public health agencies, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who absolutely refuse to do that study. Claim they can't do it. Because they have done it, and they didn't like what it showed, and they found no way to manipulate it, to push their narrative. So instead, they buried it. That's what the whistleblower told us. The foundation is shaky. The structure is rotten with corruption and lies and greed. And you are sitting up there telling me how great the view is.
2: Sentence. I will say that we all suffer from bias. I'd be the first to admit okay. that. Okay. What I'm saying is we need to bring our biases to the same table, mm-hmm. and and find a right. middle ground. Now I want to get back to the social contract thing, which you talked mm-hmm. about. This is you on Patrick. Back, David uh, m- mentioned the social contract. Mm-hmm. Look at this. If you want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want to mm-hmm. get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force. If, if I can't force you to
1: get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force me to get Because the- it's not about you. It's about people you interact with, and that's the social contract of public but we health. don't we don't even know if the vaccine worked
0: or not at the time yes
1: that's what the trials are dude that's why these trials you, what, are you missing data out but there? but let me ask you a question
0: <laughs> dude the trials were completely corrupted did you miss what brooke jackson said have you missed you know like this whole thing why did they want to hide them for 75 years It was the public that funded this research in the first place. Why did they want to keep that secret? Why didn't they want us to know, to see those trial results? Why didn't they publish them themselves?
2: Are we saying only one type
1: of scientists are right? No, we're saying that the system in place. The 16,000 that signed that. No, no, no. The the system in place to test vaccines. There's an entire system that that's rests on its laurels. That that with review boards and all of it, yeah, And, the average, and it was corrupted now, you long say, ago. You can, what you can say is,
0: I... And I'm not willing to look at the corruption. I'm not willing to look at the bias that's been pushed here, at the narrative that's clearly being pushed, at the whistleblowers who have pointed out that there's a narrative clearly being pushed. You just must accept it as holier than thou. I have a better idea than all these
1: review boards and all these agencies and the CDC.
0: And this is the arrogance, right? He's like projecting, well, you're just being arrogant if you don't want to believe the consensus.
1: I have a better idea. Here's what you should do. And that would have made everything better. Okay, you can put forth that idea. But what I'm saying is, in a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's about the collective health. You're assuming. You're assuming. You're assuming
2: because somebody can take the vaccine, Uh, Won't get COVID. Which, by the way, I don't need to play the clips for you to see it. Where everybody said, "Hey, if you get it, you're not gonna get. If you take the vaccine, you're not gonna get it." Rachel Maddow, Joe Biden, I can give you Fauci. I can give you. And you've seen these clips before. It's not like you've never seen it before. What happened? They were
0: wrong. Hold on. So (laughs) what happened was so
1: um, the strain evolved.
0: Oh, okay, Okay. So
1: that the vaccine that prevented you from catching COVID was tuned to the variant of COVID at the time the vaccine was denied, what was designed. Okay? Over time, there were variants that arose. Mm-hmm. The vaccine provided partial protection against the new variants, enough to keep you from dying statistically, and to basically keep you out of the hospital.
0: Uh-huh. Except that's not true, right? What you really have here is a is a vaccine that failed, that failed to protect people. Why? Because they only encoded the s the spike, the spike that is the most uh, that mutates the and changes the most, that employs all these methods to disguise itself and evade the immune system. And of course, you compare this to natural immunity, which is far more broad because the immune system is actually sniffing not just the S-spike but the nucleocapsid spike, the shell, the envelope of the virus, assembling all these little bits of DNA about it versus just the spike, the most uh, mutatable part, if that's the right word for it. So like (sighs) they failed to develop something that was better than what the body would do naturally in an environment where you're not treating people. This is one of the other elephants in the room that Neil is ignoring here that I think we'll get to in a minute.
2: So, you know, interesting points, good points. Is there any part of that that, that you know, science is always shifting, that's January, I don't want to hold you to it. Is that, does that stand up? Is that still how you would answer that question? What I
1: would say is uh, rolling the clock back yeah. to March 2020, Yeah. what should have happened, which is easy Monday morning
2: quarterback, just yes, look back sure. at the... You know. Of course. Okay. That's what we, we're all, we all have this opportunity, and yeah, it's yeah. an important okay.
1: time so, to take this so opportunity. So what, you, what yeah. should have happened at every step is the CDC comes out and says, here's what we know, and here are the statistics of what we know. Mm-hmm. So that if we are a completely free country, and you don't, you're not concerned about possibly contaminating someone else, if you're a carrier, if you're really not concerned, you don't care about that, you can make a statistical judgment, except we're not really taught statistics anywhere K through 12, but so, so there should be a weekly set of charts but that there, everyone can was. see. Everybody can see. We never but saw the was. charts
2: and I was complaining. <laughs> I don't think again. anyone made the charts. There wasn't.
0: <laughs> Remember when we went through how they were going to take all these uh, VAERS reports and phone calls and the VSD data and so forth and roll it all up into reports. And they, they would know within days if there was a safety signal. And then it turns out they underestimated by orders of magnitude how much injury and stuff. And then and then there was this massive backlog of tens of thousands of reports that they never, you know, just took them a lot longer than a few days to get through. And then you have the CDC not investigating a single death, uh, you know, let in from bears that's alleged to be related to the vaccines until there were five thousand reports of death. And we know from Brittany Gavin that her case still hadn't been reported. To this, turned over to the CDC for investigation after nine months. This is a, an intentional um, logjam. All of these are that they've created because they don't want to know the answer to these questions.
2: For some charts, we, there was charts we, happening we, in Israel. There's charts happening around the world. Mm-hmm. We were getting charts. They just weren't being shown to us.
0: Oh, oh, okay.
2: The social contract can never, as far as I'm concerned, the United States of America, be about my own personal health and decision I make for myself. If I want to jump out of a plane with a parachute on, you don't have to do that, but I would do that. The only time a social contract comes in place is when I am somehow responsible with what's going to happen to you. So to not be testing whether or not I'm going to keep from infecting you with this vaccine and then going out and telling the world it's 95% effective at keeping me from giving it to you, I think... I don't
1: think that's what they said. I thought you just said... It's 95% effective of you to not get it. I don't want my life put at risk because of you. You're allowed to make that decision. That is your choice but to the, But there are people in society for whom this is the case.
2: It, right? What is the case? The, that, the
1: case where I can't be vaccinated <laughs> because I have some pre-existing medical Correct. condition oh, I'm that, glad you that, that up. prevents it.
0: It's a trap.
1: Glad you brought and that so up. And so now <laughs> you... right. Uh, and then you spread it to me. No, isn't no, not part no. of a... Well, but here's Isn't the that point. part of a
2: social contract? Uh, well, here's... No. I agree. Yeah. I the vaccine didn't stop infection, it? I have a the vaccine actually did does. It? What we actually now Just know no, no, it does is it masks your symptoms. It takes your symptoms away so that you don't end up in the hospital. If it's going to mm-hmm. do the one thing that they promised, it does. Sure. So what it turns actually does is it turns spreader. you into an asymptomatic carrier, where you might be sick and stay home and not infect that immune-suppressed child that's mm-hmm. walking around. You're walking around thinking you're perfectly fine. So the vaccine is actually more dangerous than the social social contract because I am walking around with a disease I do not know I have. If the, if the product does what they promise it does, you just turned this person into the biggest problem we were all told this was about was asymptomatic That's carriers. Right. If it does not stop infection, if it does not stop transmission, it only protects...
0: That entire social contract claim is fraudulent. And, and Dell just did a knocked it right out of the park.
2: from symptoms, I'm actually being turned into a potential killer for that immune suppressed person that's so walking around I, out there. I, I don't know. And I've been robbed of the only signal I had I that don't I was know infected. That risk.
0: So I live in this small town and I went to the grocery store last week. And uh, it was, you know, like nine o'clock at, or close to nine o'clock at night. And I'm checking out with just a few things and they have, and this is, you know, family grocery store not not a chain or anything like that <clears throat> they had like a white mayonnaise jar with a lady's picture on it asking for donations she needed an ultrasound for her leg and so i asked the girl you know uh what what happened here it's, it's somebody from our little small town and uh she says she needs an ultrasound she doesn't have insurance and is trying to raise the money to to get it and uh, you know I said "Is she was she vaccinated do you think? And she goes, "I'm not sure but I, I think so because, you know, they all know each other." And this girl was I, I don't 16, 18, definitely in high school. She told me she got the shot because her dad has leukemia, so is immune suppressed, and her mom is a respiratory therapist, so she got the shot too. And it's like I I'm looking at this Young beautiful girl, who has her whole had her whole life ahead of her, wondering, man, is she going Is has her fertility been destroyed? Is she gonna develop one of these turbo cancers sometime in the next ten years? Because this was another point that uh, Kevin, as well as Charles Rixley, really got across to me, and uh, I'm going to play you a clip from that show here at the end. <sighs> was that? This thing is a timed, it's, it's really what they've developed is a time delay bioweapon that disables people, whether it kills them or just they can't work. I mean, look at what we've got with the disability in the US, 3.2 million excess right now. That is massive, massive disability. Why? Because of this delayed reaction bioweapon that comes in and targets the immune system in very specific ways to disable people. And that's what they've been driving and funding partially through this vaccine lie. And this is something that I think Dell probably knows about but doesn't discuss because it's you know too far outside the box of science that he likes to sit in. And I doubt uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is even comprehending this. But this is a system that has been weaponized against us, used, manipulated by the military, to push their agenda. And a lot of what we deal with are the consequences as a result of them pushing that agenda, okay?
1: So I can't comment, I don't know the risk of you being asymptomatic and then not, or transmitted or not. I just don't know that risk.
2: But you are aware that the reason we're all masking and social distancing was there was this problem with the virus that I could be walking around the that concern. didn't know I had it. Yes. it was a concern, yes. right? Yes. And we thought the vaccine was going to, to end that, and instead it causes that even deeper. So if that was a concern, we don't know at what level. We know that was the reason for lockdowns, masks, and, and at, the vaccine ending any, this thing. Okay, you can,
1: we can say so much after the fact, and I'm saying at the time you want to err i presume on the side of caution why not why
0: yeah like are these shots safe safe what do we know about them and that the answer to that is not very much but to him erring on the side of caution is well we got to we got to avoid these deaths and this is where we're going to get into treatment the other elephant in the room that neil degrasse tyson seems oblivious to
2: wouldn't you do that uh, I'll, I'll, OK, because we had a product that when we looked at it, every animal trial of a coronavirus vaccine for nearly 15 Killed years them. since the original coronavirus with the challenge study, this, I said, the world, I mean, we is the world, we pharmaceutical companies around the world.
0: And they love to cite all this research that's been going on over the last decade. But like, can you give me one MRNA product that rolled out that successfully made it through the trials? Because, you know, that's why you're doing the trials pro-vaccine pushers, right, is to make sure they're safe and effective. Which one made it through that? I don't think any of them ever have. And this one didn't either. They just skipped all the, that stuff and pushed it out because, well, it was an emergency. People are dying. There's no treatment like ivermectin like was being successfully used in India. We're not going to talk about vitamin D, which 86, 92, and 94% of hospitalized ICU, and deaths were deficient in, we don't want to talk about vitamin D. I mean, we knew that in 2020, early 2020, that that was a key marker for how bad you're going to do. If you're deficient in vitamin D, your odds go up of being hospitalized, uh, put in intensive care, and dying from it. But they never talked about that once. What else did they do? They shut off treatment. They outlawed it. They used that student loan debt, that hospital network, that CDC guideline to push drugs from Desiree and others and and platform or, you know, basically, uh, I don't know if five, she, she lost hospital privileges but basically to push out, there's the right word for it, to push out the doctors who are not going along with the CDC protocol, which nets the hospital $150 million. Do you see the problem here? $150 million of government money for following the government protocol. This is just like the Twitter executives telling Twitter who to censor because they don't like what they're saying.
2: are attempting to make a product for this virus and having serious problems. Animals dying because of antibody-dependent enhancement, immune enhancement, an issue that even Peter Hotez stated in front of our Congress, there's this little pesky problem with upper respiratory vaccines that sometimes the vaccine enhances the disease and helps the disease kill the the person. under those circumstances on my show I said that is a serious risk and when I looked at the emergency use authorization they brought up a disease enhancement and they said we didn't really look for it in this trial we have no idea of telling you whether or not that could happen so right there is a perfectly good reason why I wasn't going to take it but I want to be clear in the social contract can we bring up Brownstone? this is John and stats mm-hmm. on the actual death rate of this virus because it is what defines whether or not we're in a social contract is how dangerous is this the Brownstone Institute put up his data. this is is what we now know about this virus. Mm -hmm. Ages 60 to 69, the fatality rate was half of 1%. Mm -hmm. Below that, it starts dropping down into zeros. When Mm -hmm. we look at children, 0.0003% is their risk of dying, yet we have a much higher risk of myocarditis, pericarditis, all of these things. And so I think science is irresponsible. If it decides to get, not only allow everyone to get a product when children and everybody below the age of 40 probably have no need to get it whatsoever. get what? Get the vaccine.
0: And remember, they couldn't even justify it with their own study because none of the kids got sick and nobody died. They had to do the immunobridging where they went to the older age group, the older, more at-risk age group, and still couldn't make it. So then they went one more age group up, and then they were able to immunobridge the data to justify the emergency for these children who were not at risk, so that they could then get it into the childhood vaccination schedule, which is where it is now, which is why the childhood vaccines are plummeting and people don't trust them because the whole process has been manipulated, and corrupted, and it is rotten. And people are waking up to reality that this system is being weaponized and used against them, and it is no longer to their benefit. It really never has been. Uh, Bob, do you want to jump in and say something related? I'll, I'll let you in right here. He's connecting. Give it just a sec. Hopefully, it didn't just die. (laughs) Let me see. No, it looks like it's. All right. Um, Bob, if you get connected, just speak up. And yeah, he just dropped out. So maybe he'll come back. We'll see. All right, let's keep going.
2: No need to get it because their risk is so low that in a low risk space, you know, to do scientific studies that show that you have an advantage, there'd be very difficult. Just
1: to be clear, when was that study published?
2: Uh, That study was just published. No, no, but let me point out that Johnny Anidis published in October of uh, Mm -hmm. 2020.
0: See, he's trying to point out, well, we just didn't know. No, Neil, we knew about vitamin D and the fatality rate. In 2020, before the vaccines were ever available, before they were approved, this information was suppressed. These people were silenced, attacked ruthlessly by the consensus, a consensus based on lies and fraud and corruption and greed.
2: He looked at this data Shit. from around the world very early, before the uh-huh. vaccine was here. Across 51 locations around the world, the median COVID 19 infection fatality rate appears to be 0.27%. Uh-huh. He's only off, ultimately ends up being about 0.35%. Sure. And so, my question was in the very beginning, that was the data we were looking at. We were looking at data uh-huh. and saying this is a very low fatality rate, except for a very specific group of people over the age of 75 <laughs> that make up about 6% of the, the planet. It. And so your social contract seems to be asking me to take a risk with a product that is M- M- mRNA, has never been really injected but into human beings. isn't that
1: your grandmother? Is huh? is this your grandfather? It is. Isn't that your it the is. people you love?
2: But should 94% of the planet put themselves at risk with an experimental product when they're not even properly testing it inside of the trials for the problems that it has or whether it can stop or transmission keeps you out of the or hospital? whether it can protect Doesn't my grandma? Does matter to you as well? You can give this product to my grandma and grandpa if they want to take it. It's up to them to take it. What I But to keep the, you out oh, of the hospital you're not a spring
1: chicken. though you're a
2: good I, chicken. I, I, I said, we can bring it back up, at 53 years old, I, I accepted the, the, my risk at, I think, 0.1%, tenth okay. of 1%, which is a flu. That, that's the same, we're in the rates of the flu. For, for everyone my age around, this is just a flu, okay? And that is statistically provable. Okay. And so, was the whole time. So here's what you do. So why am I going to take a risk what with a product do. that we have no <laughs> idea what the long
1: here's term? Here's what you need to do. Yes. You need to have that conversation
2: with a medical professional and not me. Let me bring Whoa. this up. Okay. There's a list of top-ranking medical professionals. Just take a look. at I'm talking here. about, excuse me, Dr. Peter McCullough. No, no, no. I who, want to go through what happened consensus. here. Consensus. This is, this I, is the I, problem. I need use- <laughs> the
0: ones in the box that we haven't kicked out of the box because they said something that we don't like. That we disagree with
1: consensus. the consensus okay I just medical
2: want, professional i want you
0: to I, because
1: no. the medical is so huge i can find you an astrophysicist who is sure we've been
2: visited the by problem aliens was- That's not-
0: oh neil we're not being visited by aliens they're they're living here I hate to break it to you. The,
2: the problem consensus. was the scientific method died here. And this is the point I want to make. I, my it point, died a death here need, and I need you to help me save it because Dr. Nope, Peter McCullough is the leading cardiologist. I don't care,
1: titles don't matter here. It's,
2: but what <laughs> they, should they matter, don't matter, what, what matters should matter, consensus. What should matter?
0: No, what matters is their ability to address what we're seeing to to provide the best explanation for all the evidence and to predict future and untested outcomes. And the people who are being proven right should be the ones that we're listening to and allowing to set policy for us. And the ones who are wrong, well, I don't know. (laughs) They should be allowed to be wrong. But the ones who have been proven right, they've been pushed out of the debate. They've been pushed out of the Discussion in the name of consensus, the kind of consensus that Neil is advocating for here.
2: Was that the consensus was not allowing to the table. Then you bring that person here and have this conversation have. with them. Okay. I have. Okay, so you don't have to have the conversation with me. But I want, I <laughs> want science, and, and so here's what we have. We have... Peter, we have Peter McCullough, world-renowned heart doctor, saying, I am seeing a rise in myocarditis because of this vaccine. We have the leading ICU, second most published science, uh, Paul Merrick. I'm just, I, hear me out here. Hear me out. I know Go. you, oh, no, all right. These have all been on my show. Dr. Robert Malone part of the inventing factor behind the mRNA vaccine. All these people have been censored. They were shut down. They were kept from talking to the people in Washington. Johnny and Eve was putting the show, out the how data. Censored. Dr. Yeah, J, me- I'll show you. Okay. Dr. Jay Badataria, Dr. Sinetra Gupta, Dr. Martin Koldorf, Oxford University, Harvard School of Medicine, Stanford School of Medicine. They put together the Great Barrington Declaration, which was an a- approach towards this to say, let's do protect that simple small group that we know needs to be protected and figure out a way the rest of us can establish a herd immunity around them and the NIH who's supposed to be objective on this we now have internal email because this is what i do i actually put in FOIA requests we know that this is what francis collins said about those people before even talking to them there needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of the premise being brought by these scientists that was the approach to science no other science can be allowed in here you started this out by saying every challenge should come in every way to say that we don't Bingo. agree with the hypothesis maybe these people say you don't need the vaccine there's a way through this or we should be tactical with the vaccine all of these people were kept out of the all conversation I can, all i can and you were wanting me to sign onto a, a, a social contract where the scientific method isn't being used all, okay i that list
1: of highly pedigreed yeah. medical professionals that you are citing, yeah. I'm not interested in medical pedigree, I'm interested in medical consensus, in science. And I'm, I'm
0: interested the, in results and people who are accurately able to predict what, what's coming.
1: The moment someone says, well, I'm of this highfalutin school or this, that's like, Okay, that means they're going to say something that goes against the consensus, and they want to use that to help other people follow what it is they say. I'm just saying you need someone who represents a medical consensus here to have
2: that conversation with. We had a medical consensus around a product that we knew nothing about, and a medical consensus around a virus that told us they knew nothing about. They kept telling Mm -hmm. us we know very little about it. Mm -hmm. So why was there a medical consensus that was keeping out renowned scientists from the conversation, when they were telling us on television we don't know a lot about this virus, we're trying to figure it out, scientists that were on the ground, that were dealing with patients, were being censored, were being shut down, their YouTube channels were being shut down, their LinkedIn's were being shut because down. Because the Hello.
1: individual scientist does not matter. <laughs> we started this conversation on that very fast.
0: But if you silence the individuals who dissent from the consensus, then you don't have consensus. You have a uh, culling.
2: Scientific the individual
1: method sci- does. Yes, of course it does. And the scientific method producing a consensus, and whatever is that consensus at right, this. kind of the best you when have. When I can kind of-
2: look, when I can look now in the rearview mirror and said it while it was happening that there is a, and by the way. All of the scientists I just showed proved to be right. They told you yep. that this virus, that the vaccine would not end this and, and would actually cause an endemic because you've now made people that cannot clear this virus and kill it. They're all asymptomatic carriers. That's all this vaccine keeps doing. So now we're stuck with this virus. We didn't follow the same path we always have with every other illness like former coronaviruses well, and well, most of the time flus. Well, death rates are huh? low.
1: The hospitals
2: hate they were the the highest def- low. The I mean, I, things are... Fake. For now. For now, but as you and I both know, these variants continue to be out there and we are all worried that there could be a variant in the future that could be dangerous. But all that being said, Mm -hmm. in the end, what I am standing for is that there's no challenge being allowed, that the NIH, when it's telling us is objectively looking at a virus they're telling us they don't know much about, is pushing out top people in their field who are trying to get to the table.
0: Because the experts don't want to be tested. This goes back to Elgato Malo's article about why the experts never want to fight the amateurs.
2: They're trying to say there's something you're not looking at. And this, and when you want to talk about a problem.
0: The foundation, the structure of your temple of peer review is rotten. Come down, take a look. No, the view up here is great. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: How about not funding to do that study again? How about not allowing into the room Let me, people with great perspective? Right. Just because an expert
1: does not agree with the consensus does not mean the expert is correct.
0: Nope. True. Okay. Their predictions, I just want to
1: though. Clarify that. I and agree. there's no greater source of YouTube clickbait yeah. than someone saying, as you go past it, yes. everyone thinks this. But if you watch this, this video, I will tell you why. They're all wrong, and I'm right. All right that is, let that me is point, the clickbaitest let, let me point you that there, to the that scientists.
2: I want Deborah Burks, because this is what she's now saying. Uh, these are the people we're supposed to trust that you were saying were developing this consensus for us. This is what Deborah no, Birx I again, is, you're giving I me individuals. The I knew these. <laughs>
0: this is antidote. This is antidote. No. This is the official position that drove the policy, that drove the lockdowns, that drove the job mandates... That drove the sales.
1: Vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think she we overplayed knew. the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization.
2: I know that the vaccine wasn't going to stop transmission, yet Neil deGrasse Tyson is telling everyone that you need to sign a social contract because it's going to keep you from infecting each other. I knew it never was. She's the head of the task force, but we're not letting in (laughs) scientists that are saying, honestly... (laughs)
0: He is, not, he is not happy to be there. He knows he's getting schooled right now.
2: In their YouTube channels, in their clickbait space, if that's what you call it, it's not stopping transmission. Here's why we can prove it. Shut them down is what is happening in the NIH. Shut right. those voices down. We can't get there. to, to rob-
0: Shut down those Twitter accounts that are spreading this misinformation. Shut down the lab leak theory by sending Peter Daszak, the guy who was basically a cia cutout funding gain of function research that was against the law <laughs> to go and and tell the researchers with, when they get there that i mean we're really going to only look at zoonotic theories here not not anything that it came from the lab that's just not plausible. of course what we know what we're going to play here in a minute is <sighs> that they did know. They spent decades researching every little bit of the HIV virus and and what it does and how it works. And so they knew these specific epitopes, the, the very same ones that were inserted into the spike protein in the SARS-CoV-2 virus and then replicated into the, the spike produced by the vaccine, that's really a gene transfection therapy, had all these little bits in it had the fur and cleavage site in it, which made it infectious throughout the body, which meant they, and they knew, they knew that they were supposed to take that out. They had been taking it out. They always took it out. Even the people that developed the Moderna vaccine took it out when they did their studies because they knew the potential for harm. But yet coronavirus comes along with these same little inserts. And then what do you know? They don't take it out and they induce your body to produce this thing that is going to go out and infect a wide range of cells, T-cell exhaustion. When the body comes in with enzymes to finally break some of the pieces down, they turn into cluster munitions, misfold into prions. Those prions can encourage other proteins to misfold into prions, creating a cascade effect. I mean, and this happens out, years later. So it's, you know, you have a, a bunch of idiots in medicine with their student loans telling you, Oh yeah, no, that's not related to the shot. It's been too much time. The, the vaccine side effects, they happen usually within seven to 14 days. That was one of Fauci's talking points. It's one of the talking points I got last week with these pro vaccine morons that don't recognize that these are not vaccines don't recognize that the vaccine industry is really bioweapons research. This is what Kevin and and Charles explained to me a couple nights ago. Okay.
2: all this up. I want to get back to the point that you so eloquently Your vein's made. Coming I, I ahead, yeah. I'm passionate as yeah, you yeah, are. I'm passionate
0: mm-hmm. as you are. I- so he's like I don't want the emotion, but of course you go back to his earlier clip there that we played earlier he had veins coming out of his head when he was talking about the science.
2: I want to thank you for being here. You said, we need this new data set to resolve this difference. You said, in the point where there's a disagreement, two on people- the front, On two, the moving frontier. Two correct. groups you need, need to come together. More data, correct. Said we need this data set. Here's how we could get to it. I want to wrap this up with, the reason I have you here is not for some gotcha, and I know that you are super talented, and I, I understand you've made very good points here. But we have a difference of opinion in a certain space or maybe we're valuing the weight we give our two perspectives are, are askew in some ways I think the film that you are supporting believes that there we are losing ground on vaccine percent they reported are in almost every newspaper and this news. is going to be a hit piece if, if I'm a part of that the the, the, the consensus in humanity is moving my direction which has got to be very Bingo. alarming and
0: and the covid shot uptake has been plummeting it's now under 30 percent people still going along with this and they know that so they're they're rolling out the propaganda to try and reverse that trend
2: so a film like the one you're involved in is going to try and stop that just as the media i'm doing is trying to demand that we all come to the table so here's what the data set i want and here's I really want to try and end this civil war that's going on over health. I want those that are hurt, that small group, no matter how small they are, to be recognized and funded and taken care of and science to be done there. I want to understand what the size of that group is. But it is being commandeered by NIH, who you say is objective, but all the reports are saying they received $400 million, the scientists did, for their investment in the technology of these vaccines. which takes. I'm sorry for me, I can't believe they're unbiased any longer. If I'm
0: Not to mention, you know, HIV netted them tens of billions. Corona comes along and they're getting now hundreds of billions of dollars in increases to their budget that they get to hand out to all their buddies to, you know, run experiments and start new laboratories and new companies and do all sorts of great things.
2: Making hundreds of millions of dollars, I have skin in the game, and you're no longer an agency I can trust, which is where all this comes from. But if we're to get to a place, well, I have, think— you do
1: have skin in the game. Uh, right.
2: You do, personally. I do, personally. Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah. So, but here, we want—you and I both want the same thing. We want, I know, I see your heart. I've watched you my whole life. You care about children. You care about family. You care about the future of the species. You care about the future of this earth. Of civilization. Of civilization. We share that together. I am deeply concerned that rushing science and with scientists that can be biased, that aren't being challenged properly, that a product handed to everybody, we could have a thalidomide. We could, we, we do. have seen in science a product that gets out of the market, a Vioxx or something, that could be devastating to the species. So I'm trying to say how can it's we unfolding better now. how do we know what's going on here? Measles, all of it. Here's the answer. Bio-weapons we are research. simply asking for a data set that Who's could weak? be Me and Robert Kennedy Jr. and this minority group that has grown to be roughly 30 percent, at least, of America, moving towards 50 in a very fast way. When you look at the uptake of the current booster shot, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 percent, which means even those that believe this vaccine are backing away from it. No longer going with CDC recommendations. CDC is on a downward spiral, which is scary for all of us. Not me. The study that needs to be done is a comparative study. You could throw your measles and the safety of measles and whether it causes autism studies on the table, and I could show very robust studies that show the exact opposite. You wouldn't show a consensus. Uh, Huh? You wouldn't show a consensus. I don't care about the consensus. You have to. Because
1: Otherwise, the the tentacles that reach into all manner...
0: Outside the box. We can't go outside the box, Dell. You have to stay in the box.
1: Of the space-time continuum.
2: I... Can land in any possible place. The consensus is only concerned with the larger, greater good and body of people. But what it doesn't understand is how big the group that are being injured and hurt and destroyed by this are. And they're refusing to do that science because it undermines the statement that is being said that across the board, these are just safe and effective.
1: And that is irresistible clickbait.
2: What is? What you just said and
1: how you said it. I just want to. Put that yes. out there, and that's I. It's it's, I, I irresistible. I have millions of people who watch this show. System right, is he just can't comprehend, and I have the
2: truth, but it's true.
0: He just can't comprehend that the entire system has been corrupted and turned against humanity, but it has.
2: Bobby Kennedy and I sat in front of the NIH, in front of Francis Collins, Tony Fauci, and we said, why will you not do a prospective study? Was it period? Then, I didn't say we did this, oh, was what period? yeah. yeah you, Proposals are peer-reviewed proposals. as well. Uh, there, there is a proposal drawn up that was peer-reviewed by the Institute of Medicine, and the CDC did a study how they would do the study, and that has been peer-reviewed, typically when a proposal, and we're asking them to do that study. When a
0: so here he is being faced with and, uh, the point, truth. So clear. Clear. They've, they looked at the doing that, proposal proposal they, they at it. do that
2: study. They balked at it. We said, mm-hmm. do the study that you designed, the proposal in which it could be done. Mm-hmm. You know what they said to us? We will never do that study. The, they would presumably give reasons for that that they can't figure out a way to do that study. Oh, okay. That, that's, I think that's unacceptable. I think that a comparative study uh, is, especially when I have- They're saying it's not practical? What uh, are they saying? They would say, and being perfectly honest here, they would say there are confounding issues of the unvaccinated that we have not figured out how to okay. sift through. That says to me, I'm, I'm, if I was gonna judge that-
0: The only way they would know that is that they had actually looked at the data
2: that they have attempted to do this study and that the unvaccinated do many things that make them healthier be, i'm, I'm going to guess because i'm assuming the reason they're not putting out the results of this study because and why they know there's confounding issues is that these unvaccinated people are coming out healthier in the study so they're showing to be healthier across the board less, kind cancer, of cover less up. autism less you're accusing a cover up i think when your government Believes that the the future of the species and people like you that don't only care about the consensus.
0: So you see, while he's sitting there saying you're you're ref- you're accusing them of this cover up of this grand conspiracy, he's refusing to acknowledge all the evidence that yeah, that's exactly what's going on, and he's again just. Relying back on, oh, well, this has to be a crazy conspiracy theory because it's so far outside the box.
2: And in holding on that we all... When he ref- to cons- refuses
0: to look at the structure of peer review that he stands upon. Consensus.
2: It's, that it yeah. holds a bias that is insurmountable in, in this per- current moment. And that I believe these people are talented enough to figure out confounding issues exist in every dem- you know, epidemiologic study that's ever done. So either they they
1: couldn't convince peers or there's some diabolical force operating to prevent this from getting known. One of those two is true here. True. True. Okay. True.
0: And by diabolical force, how about uh, an agency that exists based on a lie, that these vaccines are working, that they're safe and effective, and that everyone should be taking them And that, uh, you know, they're going to be protected for the rest of their life when that's just not true. But they want it to be true because their jobs depend on it.
1: Make a list of experiments and observations you would like to see conducted. So here's a solution. some of them have already been done and you don't know it and someone will reveal that to you. I've
2: I've, I've, I've sued the CDC and had them hand me everything they Just do that and put it out there okay it's out there. that's what my show is. okay and, and that is what your documentary is about is i'm so successful at putting it out there that we are growing by millions and millions and i believe that we will become the majority voice in the world yep. if someone in science if they keep trying to say we're just going to ignore you then we are all going to be in a real problem we're going to be in a real problem because i will tell you this i never set out My goal is not to wipe vaccines off the planet. My goal has always been to stand for choice. That I don't believe that a social contract should force me to take an experimental product. Just can't. It can offer it to me, but it can't force it upon me because all the dangers that lie ahead. And I could do a whole other show with you on all the now known dangers of this vaccine that we definitely know now that maybe we didn't know before. But some of the animal trials were alluding to, you know, blood clots and thrombocytopenia. Just just a question: Is there a
1: threshold? of lethality of a virus where you and a contagion of a virus that where has, you where you would say yes. yes this should be forced on everyone in a social contract.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked that Neil. The the threshold of death had better be 100% because if you think you're going to come and force inject something into me, you should be prepared to die.
1: That's such um, a line. No, rather forced in such a way where if you don't do it, you are denied certain freedoms within the system. I would say I would be or open access.
2: to that conversation. And one of the okay. questions I've had from the beginning, when Tony Fauci was saying we have to force this, mm-hmm. is what percentage death rate? What is that threshold in which we hand 100%. over our civil liberties, our right to body autonomy? What And no one has ever answered that. Yeah. And frankly, it appears we've done it for about 0.35%, which is right in line with the flu. We just did that. Our president forced this product on people at a less than 1% death rate now that's that me is, is, is far below what would be the threshold for me now for me i don't know what it would be but i've said this have ebola sweeping the country and people have blood coming out of their eyes and there's an experimental product i will probably most likely always stand for choice <laughs> so there's a, because <laughs> okay because even if blood is coming out of everybody's eyes because you if you want else. to take that risk and the vaccine does what it says it does if the vaccine works you should be free In this case, the vaccine didn't protect. No, no, it didn't didn't protect everyone from According to a statistical. But it didn't even do that because they didn't. They they just. They just told you, Neil. They never even attempted to achieve some statistical point. They lied to us. They never tested whether it was going to keep me from infecting you. That's right. We were moving at the speed of science. I'm saying that is. I'm glad I didn't sign that social contract. Problem is, it has to be weighed with the dangers of the vaccine. Of course. And I believe, I actually believe that we are seeing a rise in all-cause mortality around the world. That.
0: This is the ethical skeptics data. There is 574,000 excess deaths right now, primarily cancers and cardiovascular-related issues. It's exactly what's happening. It's happening in the younger age groups. We're seeing the died suddenlys. We're seeing all of the heart attacks. There is a significant increase, and the CDC is doing their absolute best to hide it, and these pro-vaccine people out there that are debating with me will sit there and in response to me pointing out, here's how they're hiding the data. Can you address why the R codes have grown? Can you address why they're taking longer to clear? Can you address why they're doing the the death code, uh, MCOD, UCOD switching? And what they will respond with is, here's the CDC data that says everything is fine. Well, I just pointed out, The temple of peer review is rotten and you don't want to look at it. You're telling me it's fine by presenting me the report from the corrupted rotten institution that sold its soul for the almighty dollar. And it's like they just, they can't face
2: it. Many studies are now showing the more vaccinated a country was, the higher their excess mortality now. So we may retrospectively look back and find out that this vaccine was more deadly than the virus ever was. That still holds out for our reference to this. And then, armchair quarterback, we will decide who was glad they signed on. Monday quarterback. Monday quarterback, We will decide who was glad they signed on to the social contract. I do not believe that, Things can be mandated on me, especially. I here's my problem. I cannot trust science, and my audience will not trust science that continues to say we will not not let top officials at the table that have now proven to be right. When we see emails that said just keep them out of the room, and they are the ones that ended up being right about this virus. I will not trust the head task force when they come forward and say I always knew it wouldn't stop transmission, even though I and you and and Neil deGrasse Tyson were telling you get it to protect each other. I always knew it never could do that. So we're going to have a hard time getting back to a place of trust. Mm -hmm. What we need now is a regulatory agency and people in charge that get back to actually listening to, as you said, those...
0: No, what we need is is a decentralized model of science that's out in the open, that anybody can take part in, that rests on no... um, temples of peer review because that process has been completely co-opted corrupted and what we get out of it is misdirection and lies and it's not being policed it's not getting corrected it's getting worse
2: people that are challenging this from all sides. The challenge has to be allowed into the room and it's not. Science is dead in my mind. The scientific method is dead. And I think the coronavirus experiment proves that we are in 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 a terrifying moment of science. And I reach out to you to think about what we've said here today and say, is he right? Did the scientific method take place? Is it taking place now, retrospectively? Even if you want to argue in an emergency, we made decisions and we rushed things. Why is Peter McCullough, and why is Robert Malone, and the people that were right, why are they not at the table now? Bingo. I cannot answer that. Okay. What I
1: don't hear you doing, or others in this space, is asking themselves, um, suppose there was never a vaccine. We never yeah. came up with a vaccine to COVID. Um, what would the world look like today?
0: Think of all the dead people.
1: People asking that question. How many people would be dead? How overrun would the hospitals Africa
2: have didn't become? really get.
0: You know what, Neil? The other elephant in the room is the CDC mandated treatments. The fact that they were telling doctors, don't treat your patient's symptoms, send them home. Tell them to come back when they're worse. We'll put them on the vent. We'll pump them up with remdesivir. And if that doesn't kill them, then, well, we'll release them with a $100,000 bill. But if we can kill them off, one hundred fifty grand in our pockets. So pretending like all those deaths would have been inevitable, that they saved us somehow when they were literally suppressing things like vitamin d, vitamin c, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, dozens of other things the the three the antibiotics they weren't even giving those out to people who caught i think it's pneumonia afterwards the the you know severe elderly that would have survived it otherwise and you're going to sit there and talk to me about think of all the people these vaccines saved that didn't die from covid which we didn't treat specifically so we could push the lie that this was an emergency, that there were no remedies, no treatments for that. We couldn't do anything besides vitamin D, vitamin C and ivermectin and you know, whatever. I know people or some people are, have differing opinions on some of those, but the reality is we had treatments. They work. Dr. Mary Talley Bowden and, and, um, Dr. Lin Fenn and so many others in the AFLDS have proven that because they're successfully treating these patients. They're treating their long COVID in some cases. They're treating some of the vaccine side effects. They're treating some of the COVID side effects because again, it's the same spike folks. It's the same spike. The bioweapon was in the wild virus. And then for whatever reason, when they made the vaccine, They left all the bioweapon components in it, despite knowing that they should have pulled those out. Despite every time they used the spike in one of their experiments, they pulled those components out. Why did they leave them in? Did they want to create this?
2: The vaccine. Uh, they got in very so, low so numbers. So so they have the best. They have the best success rate in the entire world. Africa beat America in this situation. And a very yep. low so when we look population at nations, density. Okay. When we but look at, but okay. I'm just saying. Okay. I do ask the question. And, and a, just and a low population so, density. So, so what you're saying is you're, you're, you're just, wrong. These at are the factors. Point. These are you're, factors. You're, you're wrong, but mm-hmm. I'm I am asking that question, and I'm looking at all the I don't available science that be. No, I no. You just said you don't like how I'm asking it, and there's some details that I should take into mind. But I am asking that question. Where in the world can we see? We see sweden didn't lock down didn't force masks. they have one of the lowest death rates also we see africa and india very low uptake they have the best survival rate there is we masked we social distance we vaccinated and we have in america with the best hospital system there is one of the highest death rates in the world i think there should be some serious self something doesn't right now. add up uh, and frankly it shouldn't be on me because i was saying it doesn't stop transmission and i was losing my youtube channel for it in the end i was right and yep. many of the things that I've said here, in fact, almost everything I've said here is proven to be scientifically what, what did, accurate. What
1: did you base your comments on when you said the that?
2: The emergency use authorization written by the Got FDA. It. Okay. At the time. At the time. Mm-hmm. A day, days before anyone was ever even allowed to get this, I read that document.
0: And again, 2020, Dr. Rhonda Patrick on with Joe Rogan talking about vitamin D deficiency in hospitalized ICU and COVID deaths. And it was like 84, 92, and 96% of the people in those categories were vitamin D deficient. They never once came out and talked about vitamin D. We knew that months in, months in, and why didn't they tell us? Why didn't they have people buy vitamin D and take it, knowing that it would, especially if they're at risk, knowing it would dramatically improve their odds?
2: Said they have not proven it stops transmission. Therefore, I don't think we can sign on to a social contract.
1: So bring on a consensus person and have this
2: argument with him. Well, That's I thought that was do. you. No, I'm I, <laughs> <laughs> a consensus <laughs> medical professional. And uh, the offer is started. always out there. I, I okay. see that your filmmaker was able to get Paul Offit and Tony Fauci and all these people. Others. I have always been open, and I hope that you will at least express to them that Dell was kind and considerate and actually thoughtful about the
0: way. And, it and I love what Dell did here you know he's he's extending the olive branch bringing him in they're having this discussion i don't think it went very well for neil degrasse tyson but i think he did it in the right way
2: oh, oh, even more so, just show the data like i'd like yeah. to see him show the actual data from the And he's TV telling them about this movie that, and, that you're making about to me hold on to the point that show he, the data I'm actually they're driving this it's actually not it's like statistically that's not true so that is what i would like to see in that documentary if it's going to be balanced okay And if we can work towards that. And And he knows,
0: he knows that ain't happening because that documentary would not be released anytime soon if they actually address the data that Dell points to and brings up. Because what they're doing is a hit piece that just pushes the consensus science narrative. And the consensus science narrative doesn't address the foundation that the Temple of Peer Review is built on the rotting structure, the corruption, the graft, the greed, the incentives, the behavior of these people, the whistleblowers, and on and on and on. The data showing vaccinated and unvaccinated, showing orders of magnitude more risk in some categories. The science has been corrupted, has been corrupted a long time, and it's when the military moved in and turned it into bioweapons research disguised as vaccines. As crazy as that sounds, that's, that's what I grasped from talking with Kevin and Charles.
2: Alan, in getting our voices in there with the data. I'm not asking for my opinion. I'm asking for my data and where it's coming from to be looked at. Bingo. Okay? And I would really love a vaccinated versus unvaccinated study. I believe our scientific bodies have the talent to do that. They do it with almost every drug we take. If you will help me in Make that. A Make a list. I will. I'm going to send it to put, you put, put and I'll put it out there. there. Let's get a beer, shall we? So, do we have a beer? Do we have a beer on set? Can we have a beer? A then while. they do this I'm beer thing.
0: Set. Have a beer.
2: Thank you. Good. Thank you. you. I really You lost appreciate a few pounds. Uh, You're looking.
1: All right. It's not because you had COVID right. and you got sick and you lost. <laughs> <laughs> you to, lost to my-
2: What? What I think we have shown here is that. This is nice and cold. It is nice and cold. Oh my god! This is like thirty-three degrees. We are not some radical group of people. We have. We are trying to stand for the small guy, the little guy, the part that's being left out of the consensus. And we are. I'm trying to show my audience that this can be done with love.
0: He knows this is like getting talked to by Mama, right? He's like, okay, okay, Dell. Yeah, you schooled me. You schooled me. I'm listening. Thanks. And, and now I have to. We have to respond in this movie because you laid out our plan and told everybody what we're gonna do to kind of uh, dismiss you.
2: (laughs) In science. And I wanna thank you for giving us this opportunity because many are refusing to sit in that seat. And I think if more of us sat in this seat, we can make the world a better place. So cheers Cheers. to that. All right.
0: So that was a really fantastic episode. It's It's the last week's episode, I think. Highly recommend you watch it. I mean, we played a lot of it, but there's even more. And I want to point you to the segment that they followed up with, and I've got a few clips from that. It's just a little bit, and then we'll we'll be pretty much out of here. We'll chat on spaces. If anybody wants to share their opinion on all this vaccine stuff, jump in there and request to speak, and I'll bring you up in just a minute. But this relates to the autistic.
2: Talking, obviously, about autism for many years and a a miraculous... I don't know if you call it an invention, but a new approach towards those that are severely autistic and, you know, um, nonverbal, this spelling to communicate, which is a way for...
0: Which, I mean, the pro-vaccine crowd is already, oh, grifter, he's selling this thing for these autistic kids, taking advantage of them. If they can't speak, it's because they lack the mental capacity to form thoughts and speech. They're just too too dumb. They're just too retarded. Sorry. 'Cause that that's the consensus, right? But here.
2: These- these voices that have been trapped inside of these bodies to finally be expressed. I just want to sort of just you know reflect on Jamie and JB Hanley. Jamie, is so here's one of an 18-year-old autistic,
0: nonverbal. 18. He can't speak. We no
2: knew where his intelligence level was at. Could he speak? What was going on there? Especially his father JB, who's been an influential person in the movement, looking for answers to autism. They came on the show to show us how spelling to communicate had. Free Jamie, who is now in college just, I think, two, two years after beginning this.
0: Somebody that science wrote off as not mentally capable of speaking is now in college because of what his dad did in opposition to the consensus.
2: This uh, program. Mm-hmm. 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 Go ahead, you can yep. So there's his
0: son mm-hmm. typing onto a keyboard. It's
1: easy
3: to
0: do schoolwork what we're
1: he's on able right now to now is the
0: culmination of three years right we started on
2: a stencil board that people poked and then we went to the full alphabet that jamie poked and then we went to touching you know, me. touching and me holding it for him uh and then we went to a keyboard and now at
1: home we're we're only on a keyboard with an ipad nothing
0: else this is all he does at home if you give them enough time and attention and therapy they regain that ability to communicate what was always in their brain out through their body again.
2: Um, so that's, that's what's really going on. And yeah. the amount of joy and happiness that he expresses right. he, and shows. He, he, looks-
0: he actually gets to know his son that science wrote off.
2: So his happy. life yeah. is, is, is night and day. The can consensus. imagine. consensus says that this doesn't work, that this is all made up, that these people are not actually communicating with us. Can you believe that? Can you believe yeah, how heartless sometimes the consensus can be? It is films like this and pioneers like Jamie Hanley and Jamie Hanley and these brilliant cast and crew and the directors and writers that made this moment possible to begin to show the world that there's a different way of looking at this there's a different way of looking at autism and can you imagine what the future of this world is going to look like when the millions of autism uh of people that have been having difficulty or have been nonverbal get to talk about what they've been observing in their world and what's around them and what
0: and how the medical community has treated them there's a day of reckoning coming with them There is a day of reckoning coming because science has been corrupted top to bottom. Hate to break it to you folks. Okay. uh, That's it from the debate. I want to play. I made this little two minute clip of, this is Charles Rixley. He's, uh, you know, knows a lot about infectious pathogens was in the, the Marines and, worked in this field and really smart guy. He's been researching all of these documents and connections and so forth. And he joined uh, the podcast with Kevin to kind of fill me in on some of this. And I just, I, I posted this to, uh, to Twitter, but I want to include it in the show because I want you guys to hear what he's saying.
4: When you look at the spike, it's designed to hit the immune system hard keep it down, keep it busy, and then over time just just overwhelm you with with other stuff. It it really is nasty. It doesn't matter who made the virus. In January of 2020, when Fauci saw it, he knew what it was, he knew how best to deal with it, and he did everything exactly the opposite. Opposite, The the HIV.
0: As far as opposite in treatments, we can't treat this thing, send him home, wait for him to get worse. We're not going to talk about vitamin D. We're not going to talk about the lab leak theory. We're not going to talk about the GP120 inserts or the fur and cleavage site that's going to make it infectious all over the body. So he saw this thing and he knew the potential for disaster because they all knew about it. Because Charles went through and found in these 49 studies that they were always pulling these components out because of the danger that they posed because they spent 40 years doing HIV research in order to understand every little epitope in there. And because that was actually bioweapons research disguised as vaccine research, pushed by the military, they used that and weaponized SARS-CoV-2 with it. And then... When they developed the vaccine, they once again decided, we're not going to pull that out. Let's just leave those in there. And they knew what it was going to do. And that's what Charles is pointing out here.
4: GP120 epitopes that they, that they put in there, that was the result of 30 or 40 years of, of learning what the virus did, what the perfect epitopes were, so that way they could create this perfect weapon. And SARS CoV 2 has these, but more importantly, they knew that these tiny pieces were just enough in the exact perfect spot to be able to access dendritic cells and hitch a ride to T cells. Okay. So, the, and, and I figured this out and was it, I believe I've been able to prove it because I went back through, well, now 49 studies of vaccines being developed over 20 years that they would always take it out. And I even found, like, on video in 2014, the, the guy who became the head of Pfizer saying, we would always take out the Cleat cleats. They always took out these specific epitopes, including the vaccine research center that made the Moderna um, shot. So, like, they knew unequivocally what these things did. And for some reason, they decided it, it is time to keep all those nasty things in it.
0: So it really is the key what, that unlocks the door to yeah, this it, whole pandemic. Sort exactly. of exactly, so. exactly. And I am actually trying to find oh Kevin here on Twitter so I can point you guys to the show. So he he live streamed it to Twitch and it went all of there. It's uh, here he is right here. He is the the Nest Commander on Twitter, and uh, I think that tiny URL will have the links. That show was on Twitch the full four hours, and then towards the end, I think the, the rumble stream interrupted and then started again towards the end, so it's in there, and you can find it right, well, no, that was this clip, but anyway, for those of you that want to go and search. You can look that up, and I'll try and get it in the uh, Rumble show notes if you want to find it there and go watch it. And again, I've got some clips from that episode. I cut up uh, Kevin and, and my discussion that really sort of outlines the whole how the military is sort of inserted itself and morphed its weapons development research, bioweapons development into vaccine research. And it's just... It was really, I think, incredibly eye-opening. So, All right, we've got somebody in Spaces that's wanting to come on. I'll bring you in here. Sir, go ahead.
3: Uh, I just got in, so Uh, I'm gonna keep listening. Okay.
0: Thanks. No worries. Uh, That was it, though. I'm about to wrap up. We can go here to comments. So you're pointing out, yeah, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, bioweapon development. So that that was something that I got into with my discussion with Kevin was about how Ralph Barrick and some of these other folks all had pieces, parts to play in this. But it's bigger than just these three guys, you know, Fauci and Barrick and the Bat Lady, Doctor She, and and so forth, uh, uh, and Eco Health and so forth pushing this thing through that it's really the entire industry has just like we have the military industrial complex with weapons and war and so forth, kind of pushing us in that direction because it's profitable for them. We also have um, the same thing happening with the bioweapons, military industrial complex, I guess. And I think his point was, the corporations and the military are in bed together and they're doing the exact same thing. So, all right. And then there's a bunch of links here. Oh, somebody's got it. Evidence of the origin of the pandemic. Oh, Prometheus shrugged. Okay. So there's a blog post on it and so forth. And some other stuff. Sam, do you see? Oh, Do you plan on diving in? Did you talk about the Go ahead.
2: bio lab in Ukraine?
0: We did. We talked about that with Kevin. And um, that was one of the questions that I had for him is basically this was kind of bio lab, bioweapons development central going on over there. And he agreed, And you know, early on in the invasion, they were finding these, um, These drones that were crop duster drones that could be used for spreading this kind of stuff. They came into one that had the big pile of documents that was burning outside of it. And I think this was really about shutting down that bioweapons research that was happening on their doorstep. And I think there's a huge component of the corruption and so forth that this gets into the whole Khazarian mafia and uh, all of everyone from Bono to Biden going over there in the middle of a war and picking up. You know, probably suitcases of cash and uh, uh, who knows how much they're skimming off the top. They picked out a few of the government officials over there that were driving around in flashy new Mercedes and so forth, but they have just been skimming money and very little of what's going to the front is actually making it there. I posted a um, video yesterday, which I think is authentic, but you know, you got to kind of question everything. But it was showing a couple of uh, a guy and somebody that had just been dropped to the front lines. He claims he's a father of five, was on his way to work one morning. The police arrest him, throw him in the back of the car, take his bike. So basically disappear him off the streets. He gets dropped off at this other town. He spends three days there. He's given a machine gun that he doesn't really know how to use. He doesn't know how to load the, the magazine. He's never shot it. He's not trained in how to shoot it. And then he's dropped at the front lines and here, go fight for America and, or I'm sorry, for Ukraine. And it's just, it shows that this whole thing is really just a, a giant lie and that what we're supporting, what this money is going to fund is the continued corruption and and the deep state, I guess, that's it's really, I think, centered over there to a large degree. So yeah, it's all, it's all tied in and it's all, seems to be coming to light and they desperately want to keep this secret and keep us from from learning the truth so we have to we have to keep pushing we have to keep showing people that they knew that uh, this is what's going on and i think you know eventually it's going to break through to enough people that we get away from this so that's my hope anyway All right, anybody else want to pipe up with anything? You better jump in. Of course, yeah, they're talking about doing it with the food. Now, I'm a little skeptical of that. I I wonder about the delivery mechanism going into the gut and being broken down, but apparently there's some things that can survive. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to make the claim because they're trying to do it. It's another thing to actually do it and make it work. And are they... I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past them to find a way to work around the vaccine objectors or, or the people, the, the resistors, the anti-vaxxers like me that don't want to take part in these experimental gene therapies. And you know, this like this is another thing Kevin talked about is these people see themselves as like the saviors of humanity because there's so much promise in this, and they can they're doing things designing things at a genetic level and you know it's very precise and very fast and we can respond and this is the way things are going to go moving forward and they they are doing it with such arrogance and disregard that i think it's going to, it, it has been their downfall because they're just going ahead full steam and people are dropping dead and people are waking up to the fact that that's what's going on so and I you know there's a I've got a slide here that was let me see if I can bring it up. this one right here, which is showing you know pilot deaths in a month. We had three pilot deaths last month in March. Uh, and then there were seven pilots who were incapacitated in flight. These are commercial airlines carrying passengers around and one of the pilots, Drops dead or has a heart attack and can't fly and somebody else has to take over or, you know, whatever these didn't weren't happening. I mean, sure. Yeah. This stuff happens. It's not like, you know, no, there's never been a pilot who had a a heart attack mid flight or something, but it was not happening like this. The statistical odds of this happening this many times compared with historical, sorry. And this is not me getting emotional. Neil, (laughs) you got to look at the data. You got to look at the sources. You got to look at the motivations of these people. You got to look at their track record. And we have to realize that there are other agendas at play here and that the level of deception might be so vast and so grand that it's beyond the ability of these vaccine pushers to even comprehend until they can acknowledge and admit to themselves that maybe they were wrong. So there you go. I'm Sam. I am. I hope I gave you guys something to think about. We'll catch you all next broadcast. Thanks, everybody.
3: Can't see what's happening by now, then you're blind They said it was to save lives, yeah, that was a lie The writing's on the wall, man, can't you see the signs? Now they're coming for the children, they just crossed the line They said just give it time, only three weeks and it will all be fine They want you tuned into that TV every night So that they can implant fear deeply in your mind Now in order to defeat them, yo, we need to unite The Ministry of Truth has taken over There's a reason that they chose Corona, yeah Corona means crown work it out man it's all symbolism from the beginning they told you a virus to the mind infecting your thoughts but enough is enough now we're saying no more we see the trojan horse at the door this is war we can't ignore the call big brother's gonna fall yeah we gotta light the torch for humanity because 1984 wasn't fantasy george orwell was warning what the plan would be now you can see it all in their strategy yeah they want to call us conspiracy theorists but right now we're the ones that are seeing the clearest this is social engineering how many alarm bells have to ring before people start to hear them serious ah can't you see this is deliberate they hand out sanitizers and masks but not vitamins McDonald's stayed open same time the gyms didn't the only pandemic is cognitive dissonance yeah this is totalitarian people are waking up so they need to keep scaring them declaring new waves and new variants they got tricks up their sleeves so we gotta be prepared for them they choose what the facts are with their propaganda we know what their plans are so they won't get that far nah you don't have to be pythagoras to see that this ain't adding up how much until you've had enough Right now it's the last straw Yeah, they're slowly bringing in their passports It's been leading to this from the start Time to look into your heart now and choose what you stand for It's the dehumanisation of the nation Erasing the basic foundations of human relations The emergence of apartheid creating segregation That's the road that they're paving Cause if you're not jabbed then it's you that they're blaming It's you that is dangerous Mass manipulation coercing you to to get penetrated what's the difference between that and a rapist I think their plots got some holes they want you to follow rules but they don't it's a joke now it's coming to the end of the road it's a fight for our souls how much of your life have they already stole and how much more will they try to how much will you turn a blind eye to roll up your sleeve and get a free donut to eat can't you see they're trying to bribe you What's really in that concoction? How many adverse reactions till we stop this? How many must die for power, lies and profits? I refuse to just stand by watching, no, that is not an option. What if that was your kid? Maybe then you would start talking. Maybe then you'd see the point. The children need a voice. We need to fight for their future before it's destroyed.